Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast from Visit Aurora from the rafters of the Stanley Marketplace. This is the show dedicated to telling the stories of Aurora, Colorado. Hi there. I'm Dave, Senior Marketing Manager for Visit Aurora. There's treasure to be found in the Havana Square Shopping Center in Aurora. There you'll find the Heirlooms Antique Mall, more than 14,000 square feet of curiosities where 65 vendors showcase vintage furniture, jewelry, oddities, collectibles, and more. It's been owned by Scott Davenport since 2015. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Scott, how does one end up the owner of an antique mall? Well, you know, I started in the antique business. I had gotten laid off from one of the phone companies in town, and I started selling some of my Mexican pottery. And then uh, I was in one location for eight years, and I took a second spot. And... Um, I brought my wife back to look at the space when uh, when I took the second space and I stepped on the stair going up and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to buy this place. And wow. one year later, I did. It was amazing. So you went from having just spaces and other antique malls to basically now being the owner of your own antique mall. You're supporting five dozen basically small businesses in that space. How do you determine if a vendor is a good fit for, for heirloom? Well, I'm a little different than most. What I try to do is I give people that haven't done it before an opportunity. Okay. Because when I did it for the first time, I had never, never done it before. And somebody gave me the choice. Um, so I try to do that as well, you know. And um, we take it as we go. Uh, I require my dealers to come in a couple times a month to work their spaces minimum. Some places don't have that requirement. They're not required to work or anything, but if they're good, they stay. If not, we, we swap them out. How valuable is that you're serving as like a mentor to a lot of these people, giving them an opportunity and you have firsthand business. You're not, you know, a real estate guy who decided that this was your business. You actually have had, you got your, your hands dirty in this business. So, you know, kind of the pitfalls for them to avoid, I imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And, and I'm, I've had, you know, four other dealers that have opened their own places after being in my store for a while and, and working with me and learning. So yeah, it's good. Have you ever had to tell a vendor like, hey, this is too odd even for our store? No. So so we uh, we specialize in the weird. Yeah. Um, as long as it's not offensive and that offensive thing nowadays, it's subjective, right? Right, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> What's moving the needle right now for you in the world of antiques? What's really hot? So we sell a lot of vinyl. Okay. We have thousands of vinyl in the stores and believe it or not, Old books are, are really good. There's been kind of a resurgence of that old way, I guess, of enjoying this media. It seems like vinyl in particular, people like the warmth of the sound, the, the tactile nature of owning vinyl, and you've seen a resurgence in that. Exactly, yeah. And, and like with my mall, I've stayed away from the mid-century where a lot of people have gone into that stuff. It's not my niche. I, I kind of like to be an antique store for the common man. So our okay. prices are a little bit lower um, than a lot of the places around. I saw your Facebook post about the recent anniversary of the Heirloom Fire. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened and, and what that last year has been like for you? Absolutely. So um, it was July 21st and it was about noon. I was on the phone calling a dealer to see if they could do a better price, and I heard a big bang, and I turned around, and my circuit panel on the top floor, the flames were four feet high. Oh, wow. 
So I grabbed the fire extinguisher. I was able to put it out, but because the wires were live, it would arc back up again. So I used three fire extinguishers, and by the time I couldn't do it anymore, but the fire department got there. So we were very fortunate. You know, God was with us. Um, when the fire department came in, because it was electrical and none of the stuff that was around it, none of the paper and stuff was around it, didn't catch fire. They were able to just use the chemical for the electrical versus the water. So I was closed for six months. Wow. I mean, not six months, I'm sorry, six weeks. And uh, we reopened and business is good. My customers and dealers have been fantastic. On the heels of the pandemic, though, that had to have been just another kind of gut punch to a degree like I have to reset for six weeks and reestablish and I imagine it was pretty costly even if you had insurance I can't imagine the stress that that would have been for you yeah, absolutely yeah so we were just coming back from the pandemic mm -hmm. um and so that happened and again so people come and they see you're closed and you know uh antiques are just like a restaurant or a bar right if something closes then they go to another one and then all of a sudden that becomes their favorite one right. so it, it takes a minute but again um i've been very blessed and everything is good I'll, i'm it's my best year so far so and, and part of that blessing i think is you putting out blessings into the world uh you're an important stakeholder in the city of aurora you've given back uh, you collected 800 care kits and more than 4,000 pairs of socks to support individuals experiencing homelessness in the city talk about what this city means to you and, and why supporting its people is so important to you well i think that we have to give back right you know so whatever if it's tithing or whatever you want to call it you get back what you give out and uh, so it's really important to me the city of aurora has been incredible to me i'm blessed to be on havana street that has an incredible organization with those board members that, that do everything to help us so all the support I need, the small business district of Aurora. I take the online classes that they offer for free, and they're always there for support. So Aurora gives me, and so I like to give back. We got a chance to talk to Chance Horiuchi uh, a couple of podcast episodes ago. She's the executive director of the uh, On Havana Street Havana Business Improvement District. That's roughly 2,100 businesses in the most diverse area of the state. Talk about the dynamic of that community and how everyone kind of comes together to support one another. They're so diverse, but it's a real sense of community. It absolutely is, and Chance is woman of the year every year for me so, so um but again it's the whole organization the diversity of of on havana street i think is the strength of it and um again the organization bringing all the businesses together um you know so there's support amongst each other to um to do it so it's it's i i'm very happy to have been involved in all of this so yeah, they're great. Saw you on Channel 4. There was a recent incident um, and it seems to be an elevating thing. How are the businesses going to be able to come together to, to fight this organized shoplifting ring that seems to be happening right now? Right, and it's not only on Havana Street right. or Aurora, it's Colorado, it's the United States. Um, so we have our plan as a district, which we don't, like to talk about that's right? fair but you know what i mean um so so we're doing what we can to do it um but again it's it's like if you have a child that you don't spank or, or discipline they just get worse and so when criminals know that they're not going to be disciplined that's where it needs to 
to happen. It seems like they've gotten bolder and more organized in the last several years, and, and we need more significant um, prosecution of those crimes, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's a political thing. And, you know, it, it just needs to change because no, it's not acceptable for anybody. Um, but if you, I don't know if you saw the video on Channel 4, it's yeah. it's on there on the line. But literally, the video that I showed, because I have them on video, it took them less than 15 seconds to open the door yeah. and get in. I mean, so it's not the first time they've done it. Sorry about that. I mean, it's yeah. got to be such a pain to deal with something like that. It is. It's just frustrating because, you know, I work seven days a week, yeah. you know, and again, I have all those small businesses and these guys that are in the store, they don't make a ton of money. You right. know what I mean? It's more a hobby kind of thing. Um, so for somebody to come in and, and take it, you know, but on the positive side, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. There was you know they popped the lock they didn't smash the door they didn't break the glass cases which has happened in some of the other antique stores so again i always look at the positive during the pandemic business came to a screeching halt you're you're so dependent on foot traffic how did you manage to push through over the last <clears throat> couple of years so i have a really good relationship with my customers i focus on customer service so obviously when we were closed there was nothing going on we did some curbside stuff when they allowed it but, but again, it's a matter of, you know, doing advertising and changing it around. I don't advertise in the same spot because you get the same customers, but Visit Aurora, I've gotten, you know, uh, from the magazine, I've gotten deals. I mean, customers coming in and different magazines that I've advertised. So you just have to work. Yeah. I mean, that's it. We're in a time when online shopping has hurt brick and mortar retail, but the Heirlooms Antique Mall has weathered that storm, even thrived. You said this has been your best year so far. I imagine because that kind of shopping is very experiential. You know, people love hunting for treasures. Is that what keeps the foot traffic so strong that it's an event? I, I believe so because it's an experience. It's a memory. To me, an antique store is the best place for like a first date or a second date yeah. because you get to know the people. You see the music that they pick up, you see the book that they pick up, or if they're attracted to the bones or the minerals and gems that we have. So you get to know each other that way because when you pick that plate up that your aunt had, you tell the story to the person you're with, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I learn a lot from my customers about their families and history. That's that's fascinating. There's an emotional connection that your space brings that, that a, a generic big box retailer, they can't match that. A absolutely, and it's even shopping like for a gift, right? So, you know, at one point there was probably a stigma about giving used things, but you know, if you know someone who's, you know, a heavy metal guy you can go and you can get something heavy metal specifically for that person that nobody else is going to have because it's vintage right so it's a lot better than going to a, a new store and buying something that 20 other people can have do you find that some of your customers are looking for for items with with charm with that specific craftsmanship that almost like hipster urge to reject mass-produced cheap plastic crap absolutely like i said and again it's more personal they come in and they say so and so, you know i'm shopping for so and so and they're into this particular thing so we can point them to that it's easy to find yourself looking at everything and next thing you know a couple of hours have passed there's there's magic in that space it's it's not a museum but it's got a similar kind of 
energy, a time machine energy almost. You don't mind visitors just getting lost in the store. No, absolutely not. No, I and I, I encourage it and I encourage them to have fun. Like for me, you know, I remember when I see a plate when back when I was a kid, we would go to a different aunt's house every month, right? And yeah. so you see the picture that reminds and you, you you know, or the plates that they used to use. So you have a memory, like an antique won't bring back a bad memory usually. Yeah. Unless it's a leather belt, those are terrible <laughs> for me, <laughs> but not, just kidding. But no, like, you know, it, it's always a positive memory and um, it's fun. Like you get the kids that come in and they don't know what a rotary phone is, you know right. what I mean? So it's, it's fun to see the different generations. I was curious, you know, looking through your Facebook posts, there are human skulls available for purchase. Yeah. How is that possible? So we have one in there right now and we have a couple of cast replicas, but a lot of times they're, they're bought from um, where museums and hospitals and stuff like that. They sell their excess. Oh, and it's not just there for the macabre. I mean, there's also, I remember you had a post of a skull that, you know, had been decorated by a specific culture and you kind of told the story of that within you know the item it's it's important to understand that a lot of these items that you're selling they have a cultural significance and and there's a reason why they're valuable and important absolutely and then you know we have medical professionals that come in and they want some of that they want some of the old tools um the different things that they have because for their office displays just like barbers will come in to buy straight razors and they make shadow boxes and stuff like that to display the tools of the trade so yeah do you have any favorite odd items that have come through the mall well so i'm a a rusted metal guy so okay. i love signs and everything like that so you know with the tv show it's gotten a little more expensive um <laughs> to, to buy the stuff yeah. that i used to buy cheap but um that's what i like is the the rusted metal i got a life-size elvis in the store right now nice. i got some slot machines that are really cool you know that pay out and they work and, and stuff so how often does it happen when one of your vendors brings in an item and you say i gotta have this for me this is this is for my collection so my wife has put the brakes on that for me but when i first <laughs> bought the store <laughs> so um i have i just bought another building in texas but i got two 7500 square foot buildings in texas that are full of things yeah and so i i can't store the stuff in my house anymore so i gotta take it down there <laughs> part of the guidance that you give to the vendors i imagine sometimes is in pricing do you, do you give guidance do you say like hey you're you have this way undervalued or there's no way you're gonna move this well so everybody should work on a margin right so yeah. and again the nature of the business is you have to price it so that you have your rent they have to pay rent they have to pay commission they have to pay credit card fees right right and then they have to when we have sales we don't have a lot of sales now next month is our anniversary so we'll have the anniversary sale for the month of august but so they have to do that so you know it's it's up to them and, and again so some dealers buy better than others so they can do it some people buy high so that they don't have to mock up but yeah for the casual listener if you mention antiques it immediately conjures up images of antiques roadshow have you noticed that phenomenon having an impact on the industry and your business in particular so uh, right now what's hot again is the mid-century stuff no um we uh we focus again not on mid-century so we have some of the antique furniture we have some vintage things truly like 
to be an antique store, antique store, it's hard. So you have to have vintage. And for the longest time when I bought the store, I would be telling people, oh, that's not old, it's from the 70s. Right. And then I was telling that to this younger <laughs> customer and they looked at me with this look. And then I started thinking, and then I didn't realize it was 50 years ago. You know, yeah. like, I mean, time as you get older, time goes by, right? So, um, but then, so then I stopped saying that it wasn't that old when it was from the 1970s. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I noticed that you were selling a, a Commodore 64, which was the, the first computer that I remember playing with as a little kid and was like, Oh wow, that's an antique now. That's a collectible now. It is. It, it's funny, and even um, the Nintendos and stuff like that. Um, we have a dealer that deals in Pokemon cards, which was wow. passed from me from being a kid. But the, yeah. the original Pokemon cards are, are quite collectible. A great place to go on a date. We've learned today. Um, a great place just to spend a couple of hours and enjoy all that there is, and obviously to spend a few dollars. Definitely not undervalued. The Heirlooms Antique Mall, one of the top 30 things to do in Aurora. Uh, learn more at heirloomsantiquemall.com. You can also visit them at 1947 South Havana Street, or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Heirlooms Antiques. CEO Scott Davenport, thank you for taking the time today, sir. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. Hey, thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast. Visit Aurora is the official destination marketing organization for the city of Aurora, Colorado, and acts as the primary liaison between meeting planners and hotel partners. As Aurora's convention and visitors bureau, Visit Aurora's mission is grounded in showcasing Aurora as a premier destination for meetings, business, and leisure travel. Visit Aurora represents more than 75 plus hotel properties with 13,500 plus guest rooms and more than 1 million square feet of meeting space, including Colorado's largest resort, Gaylord Rockies Resort and Convention Center. As Colorado's third largest city, Aurora is located minutes away from Denver International Airport and showcases mountain views, memorable meeting spaces, and 250 plus international eateries that offer a unique experience for each and every visitor. As the gateway to the Rockies, Visit Aurora's role in the local community goes beyond marketing the city as a destination. The Visit Aurora team is here to assist you with your Colorado visit from facilitating your meeting, event, or convention to helping you discover local flavor and attractions. Go beyond the boardroom in Aurora, Colorado. For more, visit us at visitaurora.com.